0: Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. I um, I have a dream. <laughs> Many, as a matter of fact. Um, the dream that's on my heart currently is I have a long-term goal. I have a 10-year plan um, for... School of Prophetic Ministry, but um, this year we are on target to develop a leadership co op, um, which basically means some uh, group mentoring, a little bit different than small groups. It's going to be a targeted uh, group that you know will help us actually thrive at the area that we're at you know everybody in here is in a different grade right wouldn't it be horrible if they came to kindergarten and taught doctorate level items to the kindergarten right it's really important that you're okay with where you're at you know some of us have been in kindergarten for 10 20 years i don't know right just kidding you know, some I heard the statement today that when God shows up, it's just called life. Yeah. You know, we, we try to segment, you know, supernatural activity with me. I like to I like to conjoin it all into one life. And to uh, for August, I I just been feeling this for a while in preparation for those of you who want to participate in the leadership co-op school of m- amazing mentoring, what we're going to call it. I don't know. Um, it's just in preparation for next year when we're going to start our school of prophetic ministry. And so I'm just looking for people, you know, just don't discount yourself. You know, you might be an instructor next year and you don't know that this year. You know, prepare begin to just prepare your hearts. And so, this month of August is a preparation month. And I think some of you, as I'm talking tonight, um, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will give you some direction of things that you personally need to fast in. You know, what does fasting do? What? You, sorry, it's just an airplane hanger right now. What you? Yeah, it's, it's a good way to get yourself off your mind, you know. And, you know, I think that, um, like I said, as I'm talking, maybe the Lord will reveal some things to you. But I'm going to call this month, I made a little slide. Um, our focus is going to be soul management. Oh, that's a nice slide. Look at it. Ding, doing, doing. doing. <laughs> um, part of the joy of your life is learning to hear the Holy Spirit and to obey Him. And the outcome of those two things is that you will bear fruit. Now, fruit means that your tree's really intact. And you have learned to live in Psalms 23 beside the blissful brook of refreshing. And we could say that you need a little help living beside the blissful brook of refreshing? And so... If I believe that is Papa's heart for me, how many believe in something that you're not yet able to attain? So I believe in it. I believe life is easy. I believe being yoked up with Jesus is easy. I believe that there's an enemy to that, just that statement alone. But being spirit-led from my spirit man... It's a wonderful life. It is. It's it's filled with promises and hope. It's filled with um, messages and outcomes and direction. And it actually leaves me never wanting, but it makes me extremely hungry for the more. You know, Bro was singing tonight about hunger. You know, spiritual hunger is not like natural hunger. The more that I sacrifice of the natural world, my Captain Obvious moments, and I lean into something I cannot know, I cannot see, I do not understand, then it begins to transform me. It begins to change my mind and my perspective of what's possible. And so then when God says... I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh, I can say I'm having that happen already. Yes. You know, really in a prophetic community, we should be hearing things of confirmation Come on. Come on. more than shocking news. Right. You know, I, I have several words that, that I've, I feel burning in my spirit. You know, one's for Ave. And I have a couple other ones. And I was just thinking tonight, I love the tension of the waiting. I love the tension of of that word actually creating maturity even within me. As opposed to, do you remember when you first yeah. started hearing God, you just, everything that moved, you needed to just tell Him everything you learned. And you know, a lot of times as we mature, it's more about this soul connection that I have with people, this actually learning to hear what people say. Now I was listening today. um, I'm taking some of my information tonight from a book that we did. I made a little slide for it. Um, Boundaries for your soul by Alison Cook. It's an amazing book. We did a huge study on it. What was it? 2021, probably maybe 2020. Um, about boundaries for your soul and it's so enlightening i'm going to touch on it a little bit tonight just to kind of get our month jump started um i highly recommend it she has all kinds of you can just listen to her for days and days and days she has lots of material out there um but she was talking about this this um spiritual attunement is what she called it and It's a psychological term, but attunement is kind of like a tuning fork. So, you know, like, for instance, if Shooty's keyboard is pre-tuned, it doesn't have a string, so it can't get out of tune. That's cool, right? And, you know, Shooty and Cece, they are, they both are, um, um, uh, that word just left me, Huh? Huh? Yeah, they have perfect pitch. So they're they're in tune too. So in other words, they don't have a string either, but they don't need the piano or the guitar to play when they start out singing, they sing in perfect pitch. It's it's kind of a rare quality, but when Bro comes with his guitar, he could be tuned up to just anything, you know? But what does he do? He tunes to her piano. Why? because they don't they want to sound in unity. What they play sounds good, right? But if they were out of pitch, if they were out of tune, it would sound a little different to us. Are those of us who like a good sound, we would notice. Some people wouldn't notice, you know. And that's spiritual attunement is like that. That you have a spirit and it longs It has a hunger within it that longs to be unified with the presence of God. That's its drive on earth. And it's, it's never turned off. That's the cool way that God equipped us. Isn't that neat that, that it even says that if we won't cry out that the rocks would so that means the rocks are in perfect attunement wow. with the spirit have you ever heard a rock sing so that means creation is still singing cuz he's cuz he's saying if creation won't if humans won't worship another part of his creation will because everything he made, he designed for it to make him known. He designed it for it to lift him up. I'm sorry. So that's why worship, from a human perspective, it's not really about my agreement with the style. It's about my agreement with the focus. You know, and we may not be good at it around here, but our focus is to make him known. Our focus is to lift him up. Our focus is to establish him as Lord and to and to occasionally we're writing a new song. This song is completely Papa singing to us. Our my desire is that I give Papa a voice that he has a song that He wants to dance and sing over His creation. And just every now and then, don't we just want to hear it? Don't we just want to practice singing over ourselves what this loving Father would say to us? You know, and that's attunement. That means that that I have a desire to be in unity with something that's not me. And the great part about it is that I have no agenda. You know, the reason why I desire to create places of training and places of of learning is because I have no agenda but for you to have freedom. I have something. It's called freedom. And it's freedom of mind, it's freedom of soul, it's freedom of body, and I want to give away. Don't you, anyone who's tasted of freedom, don't you want... Uh, You may not be good at even describing what you have, but you just know when you sit across from from someone and they're telling you what they have, you know, I have something. I don't know if I can get this I have out to you, but I can tell I have something you don't have. And I want to train you to give that away to where it actually makes an impact and changes people right? Instead of just a wish. Oh, I wish you were free. You know, when I was 16, I had a neighbor and we were in the same grade and she showed up at my house and she was crying. And I would say that we were fairly decent friends, but I knew that her family wasn't Christian's You know, because they did all the stuff that they said that Christians wouldn't do. The religious people know what I'm talking about. But she was crying at my house, and I said, why are you crying? And she said, I just came from having an abortion. And I have to be honest with you, I didn't even know how you got pregnant until I was 21. So don't be shocked by my ignorance, but I was a little naive. Because I thought she'd gotten pregnant from kissing, and I had seen her kissing on the school playground. So I just knew that I knew how, right? I'm just, I'm just a little, remember, I'm, I'm immature and evil. And I remember that my heart had never felt like it felt in that moment. And I knew I had no answer for her. I loved God. I went to church all the time. So what did I give her? I gave her the only thing I knew. Remember when Peter and John were sitting and the guy came that was lame and they said the opposite of what I said that day. They said, silver and gold I'll have, but what we have, we will give to you. And what did they give to him? They gave to him healing. And so that day sitting there, the only thing I could give to her was, well, come to church with me Next time we go to church, and I had to think, when was the next time I'm going to church? But here I am, sitting across from somebody, and I remember, of course, she didn't go with me the next service, but I remember making a vow in my heart that I will never be sitting here across from someone hurting this bad and have no answer. And that compelled me to learn why we do what we do. That was the first time that I remember having this desire to understand why people make the choices they make, to understand what people need when they're hurting. I just begin to seek it out. And that seeking process has led me all these years to understanding that we're, we're just, we might be three parts, but we can't separate those parts. Yes. And so part of, of my desire for this month is to teach us a little bit more about our spirit, soul, and body. So we all know that this body is just, it's just a shirt. And man, doesn't it give us a lot of trouble? What if I told you today that your soul was actually dictating what happens with your body? Would you be open to that at all? That our soul man is you know David said it he said my my soul pants that pant word is is a longing my soul longs for the living god my my soul how did he train i mean he didn't even know jesus he had Train, you know, God said about David that he was a man after God's own heart, but yet David committed adultery, murdered somebody, lost a child. All in—I mean, I love God's God's dispensation of of having to do with sin was just done immediately in the Old Testament. Don't you just wish sometimes? I mean, who who would have known that the salvation message would be the hardest thing to live? The audacity to believe that we have never sinned, that my sin is as far as the east from the, is from the west. Who would have believed that would have been harder than what happened in David's day? But remember what, I mean, think about for a minute. David's a king. He has, he looks over, he lusts after someone else's wife. He kills her husband because he found out that he impregnated her and he didn't even know he did wrong. didn't even know it wasn't until nathan the prophet came have you had nathan visit you yet nathan the prophet came and he said there's a guy who has everything and he and one guy that has one thing and the guy who has everything stole the one thing and david was indignant He said, where is the man who has everything that stole the one little thing? And Nathan said, you're the man. See, until we understand that this soul of ours, it has to be prophetically corralled. That's just the reality of it. That's just one of your parts. And that part of you that you just let run amok, it knows about God. But it doesn't have that prophetic voice in its face every day saying, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man. You're the man. And that, that soulish part of us, it's, it's creating scenarios and viewpoints, and the enemy suggests things. The enemy suggests condemnation and offense. Has anyone ever been offended just to find out the thing that you were offended at was in you? That's such a weird feeling, isn't it? I mean, you're just like thinking, I'm so mad at you, Right? right? You just done me wrong song. And then you find out, oh, I'm the man. I'm the man. You know, when, when we realize that, that our soul is housed in this shirt, this little shirt we wear, and our spirit, man, there, you know, I can get really complex, but our three parts, body, soul, and spirit have three parts. And I know it's going to mess you up a little bit. Those three parts have three parts. Now, we that's too many parts, I know. So we can't talk about all those. But just, can you believe me for tonight? Right? I don't want you to get nervous because then all you people, yeah, I know, will be like, oh, it's too hard. I can't do it. But Chrissy's been talking about it a lot lately about how do I put the spirit in the lead? Think about your soul for a minute. It's... It's the place where you have choice. Now think of God, and He's designed you this way. So He designed you with a shirt, and He put in it a soul. The soul part of you, it's eternal. So is the spirit part. All right? And so God's spirit is contending with your spirit. To keep your soul saved. That's just a simple way to say it. And man, there's a lot of contending. Now you may not be slipping in and out of salvation. But you're slipping in and out of maturity. Let's be honest. One minute you're like, man, I can do this. This is powerful. I want to do it. And the next minute you're like, No. I don't want to do it. I want to be ticked off. I want to be, I know, some of y'all don't even know what that means. I want to be lazy. We'll go with that one. I want to be unproductive. In fact, I think someone's saying I should be productive. That just sounds like abuse. We just create all kinds of scenarios in our heads. And guess what? What happens with this, you, your one life, it just is happening to you, your one life. You're the one that has to sleep with you at night. You're the one that's at peace or or in turmoil. You're the one that feels great or feels bad. You're the one that feels happy or feels sad. You can't even give that away to other people. I know you wish you could. Let me give you some of this crap and give me some of your happy. (laughs) Have you ever been around somebody that they're not super happy all the time? They just want to get some of your happy. I wake up happy all the time. People want to get my happy. Well, how do they get your happy? They tell you about their not happy. They want you to do so. In fact, you might even be in a position where you're the blame for their non happy. Have you ever been there? Oh, no. Has anybody ever blamed anybody for not? I mean, think about what is that game? I'm pretty sure you are the one that, not, that internally I'm not good. That's your soul, man. He's a beast. He's a beast of burden. He, he can make you sick. You know, we are in a mental health crisis, people. People you are meeting, they are in a mental health crisis. We thought we were in one before COVID, but we are in one. What are we going to do with the children and the parents and the leaders that are in a mental health crisis? Do we have an answer? Are you going to be sitting like I was across from a 16-year-old little girl? That was, that was the mental health crisis of my day, Was right? Was abortions and teen moms. The church didn't know what to do with either one of those. I'm just telling you, we didn't know what to do. And there, today, there's another crisis going on. And we have got to say of ourselves that we are going to learn how to be an answer and a solution. And we are going to be a, a helping hand. We are going to reach out. We are going to actually help people where they're at. That's spiritual attunement that I take time to know where you're at. I don't expect you to be where I'm at. I can tell you my story. I've known God for 60 years. I never rebelled. I never did do much in the sin world. I don't know what drugs do. I don't know what alcohol does. But it doesn't matter if I can't relate to you. If I can't sit down and have a conversation without an agenda, do you understand that people just want to know you don't have an agenda? You don't have this goal for them that's hidden in the back of your mind and you're just hurrying up and get there so I can be done with you and move on. No, they're trying to find a community that understands the value of presence. People presence. We talk a lot, and I will always talk a lot about the Holy Spirit's presence, but how good are we with each other's presence? Do you hate small talk? Well, you're, 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 you're a little bit of a cog in the wheel. You just are, because it's all got to go your way. You, don't, you, you know what you like and don't like, but what if someone just needed some small talk? Just think about it for a minute. If my soul is underneath the lordship of my spirit, my spirit man, think about your spirit man for a minute. What does it want? What is the true heart's desire of your spirit man? It longs to be an instrument of His glory. It does. It longs to have this unity unbroken. It it longs to love the way Jesus would love. Jesus spoke differently to the religious than He did to the woman at the well. He still gave truth. But he knew the religious community had cauliflower ears. They couldn't hear. Remember when Nicodemus came? What did he say? Unless you're born again. What did Nicodemus say? In the chosen. How can this be? Let me reenact it for you. How can this be? Can I go back into my mother's womb? Thank you. He didn't get it. See, depending on who you're talking to, they may not get your language. You know, when when you're training your children, they can't be the CEO. They haven't been on the planet long enough. They don't know what you know. You may not be good at being Spirit-led, but you're still in charge of Spirit-leading them too. That, that would be enough to put me on my face. That'd yeah. be enough to say, oh, how can my spirit man teach their spirit man? Yeah. You know, I love today, Aubrey was telling me about, this is what they did at homeschool today. They talked about open doors. One little boy said, I know I have an open door. Can I speak? Think about that for a minute. It's such a safe place. He said, my open door is I'm a liar. Wow. I mean, what what environment are you in that You could just walk around and say, well, let me just tell you what's going on with me. Here's my open door. We'd all be like, oh, no. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, I just don't feel really like, you know, I mean, we would just, wouldn't we? Come on. We would just suave, reeky, go in there and do all kinds of other things, wouldn't we? And what does she do? She led them in a prayer of closing the doors. Why? Because that's what you do at homeschool. That's what you do at One Life Homeschool. That's what you do. It's kingdom learning. Listen, this generation has got to learn to put their spirit in the lead. Think about what all is coming against our souls. You know, like I said, maybe, maybe for you, your, your soul needs a little fast. Maybe it's gotten out of control. Don't be religious about it. Go into it with a promise. The promise of, I want to change this. I don't want it to be out of control. Maybe you have bouts of anger. Well you need to you need to fast whatever it is that you're trying to control your people. You know that's what anger is. Yeah. Think about it. The Bible even said, be angry and sin not. That means that there's a chance, on a off chance, we could actually learn to have anger without sinning. What happens when we're angry? We're mad at somebody. Come on, have you been angry lately? What was your Don't you wish somebody would have done something different? None of y'all are going to raise your hand. Don't you wish somebody would have done something different? I wish I could tell. Can't tell you, Moo. Moo gives me lots of... So we had a little thing, a little party the other night, and Moo has sort of of like a spatial issue thing. And so she's doing the dishes, and she's literally mad that people are helping her with the dishes. Why? She's PMSing. I mean, that's the only reason because she normally would like people helping with her dishes. So see, you can see her soul man created a frustration out of a different reason. Girls, we all know. Right? Isn't it weird how that thing with those letters, those initials, makes us wacko. I'm sorry, men. I just want to say I'm sorry. But listen, when that happens... You've got to go back and repent. You've got to go back and say, I was in crazy town. That's just, that's just our soul. That's not our spirit. And see, the great thing is, then when I repent, I have to live like I never did it. There's the hard part. Have you ever had somebody keep track of your sins? That's such a fun feeling, isn't it? That's a human, that is. Have you ever had another person remind you, anyone? That's a crappy feeling, let's just be honest, right? That is wrong as rain. That means there's no grace, there's no mercy in that relationship. Right? But think about it, the enemy's right there doing it. Have you ever been reminded by the enemy? No person was around. And what did he do? He said, do you remember when? Do you remember when you were, do you remember what you did? Do you remember what you said? That's called condemnation. That's what I was talking about while ago. I can only live away from condemnation when I'm in Jesus. And see, that takes practice. Did anyone teach you when you were a child how to be in Jesus? That's what Aubrey was teaching the boys today. She was teaching them to state the obvious. I lie. She didn't, she didn't go in there and say, give it to me. <laughs> they just prayed. And this crazy thing called the Holy Spirit highlighted to the crazy thing in the little boy. That said, this is what I'm doing. And I don't want to do it anymore because it's an open door to the enemy. It's that simple. As adults, we make it so hard. And our soul needs that conversation with the Holy Spirit. When I begin to feel bad or feel down or feel discouraged or get a headache or don't feel good physically or something reoccurs physically, I need to have a conversation. I need to go to the Holy Spirit and say, hey, what's happening here? I don't let that go on and on and on until my toe falls off. I need to have a conversation with the Holy Spirit and say, hey, what's out of alignment here? We spent all last month purposely aligning our minds, our mindsets that God is the God of all power so that as we step into this month, we realize i got to have that power. I've got to have that fiery tongues going on so the Holy Spirit can reveal to me. So when that was revealed in a little boy's heart, repentance comes yeah. then after repentance comes was he able to play after that complete freedom we're not that way as adults what are we i mean we're just waiting for a couple days two weeks for what i mean like i think it'd be better if we just slapped ourselves on the hand like that and just gave ourselves a little spanking or something just to make ourselves feel like something happened yeah. That shows us we were raised in a punishment mentality. The very thing that I repent from will be the very thing I bear fruit in. That little boy is going to learn to close doors, and what's he going to bear? He's going to teach other boys to close doors. That's how it's supposed to go. It's not supposed to have shame, it's not supposed to have guilt. It's not supposed to have any of those things. I'm telling you, all this is just lack of education on our part. Now, one of the things from this book that I wanted to mention, and we studied this out years ago, and I have tons of handouts. If you want some of those, I can hand hand them out to you. I didn't print any out, but I can. But one of the things that she talks about in this book is... An actual understanding that you're stepping into a spirit led life. And so that means that you know, have you ever um have you ever saw something that you were doing, like say in a relationship and you didn't like it? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And then you decide you wanted to change it. Anybody ever had that happen? What had to happen in that process? You had to practice, didn't you? Were you perfect at it? Like you never ever did that old thing again. How many times did it take? Why? Because the other way had been practiced so much. Everything you're doing has been practiced by you. And so every new way that you want to change... The same thing's going to happen you're going to have to practice agreed and so as my spirit man let's let's look at let's look at um sit of woe let's look at these three types of things going on in our soul so our soul is made up of these three parts she talks about in the book, the managers, the firefighters, and the exiles. So I want to talk first about the managers. This is a protector. Now, remember, this is in your soul. How many have been hurt? Then you have a manager. You have a protector. Now, we did a fun exercise a couple of years ago. We named them. Did anybody do that? We gave them actual names. So we'd know who we're talking about. Does anybody remember their names? What you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of his managers was named was Coach. What was yours, Brenda? Got Brendan Coach. Now they're attempting to protect parts of your soul to keep you safe emotionally and help you cope. They're trying to help you avoid pain. Now, how many can feel this at work in you? Anybody? Right? You know this is happening. Think of a recent example where something was coming against you and you felt like you needed protection. Your little manager, whatever his or her name was, stepped in. Now, what does coach say to you? Yeah, so so when he's about to embark on something as a leader, then his coach like, okay, we got to do something else. Come on, we got to plan something else. Got to get in there. Come on, come on, get in there. Read some more. Pray some more. Do some more. Come on, read another book. Stay up late. Do whatever. Come on, come on. You can do it. You can do it. You can just it. constantly, 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 constantly. Right? But our spirit man is already prepared. Yes. That's really good. Yeah. His spirit man is anyway, because what has his spirit man has been communing. And so he can hear, so then the Holy Spirit speaks to him. He doesn't need his coach to be in there doing that. Now, look at that. The activities of the manager include worrying. Anybody worry? There there he is. Your little manager is at work is he good? He just worries, 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 worries. And he? He's just busy, busy, so busy. If you could put your soul on one of those, you know, Apple Watch meters. You know, there's this dog on, I think, on some sort of social media, and they put one of these watches on the dog, and the dog literally took 27 steps the entire day that the person was gone. Now, the dog was about this big, you know, so it was like no movement. So if if you kept track of your soul, how many steps in the day would you have about worrying? What do you worry about? Name some stuff. What are you worrying about? You worry about messing up. What would happen if you messed up? damage, damage, just damage, serious damage, like a hurricane, colossal, anybody else, what are you worrying about, tasks for the week, like T-A-S-K, it's a good cleric, what am I going to do this week, right, anybody have that, oh, I don't know, do I need to make a plan, do I need to make a list, Uh right, right constantly look at that little wheel just turning that little that little mouse is on there just turning that thing turning that thing what about people pleasing who's doing that why what are you doing what is it i'm worried yeah she's got the giants think we're little grasshopper syndrome right worry about what people think about me what happens with what people think about you oh they might be judgmental oh no what happens if they're judgmental they might not love me Read. there it is right look at that little wheel just going so I've got to make sure everybody knows I'm doing the best I can do so nobody will judge me so nobody will reject me man that wheel's just going man that your soul is already tired I don't really feel like getting out of bed because it's done a bunch of nothing in my head no I didn't even get out of bed yet remember that one Joyce Meyer used to say God, it's been an amazing day. I just thank you for this day. It's so amazing. Wow, you're just glorious. You're mighty. Thank you. Now I'm about to get out of bed and meet up with some people. So, right? That's what happens. Striving. Who's striving? Self criticizing. Who's doing that? Controlling. Who's doing that? Perfection. Ooh, man, that soul is exhausted. now I'll be talking more about this as we go but just think for tonight I'm just establishing sort of a foundation of what we're going to become more aware of because if I manage my soul through all of these ways, not with my spirit, that's why my spirit has to be in the lead I'm going to be mad tired, hopeless, sick because my soul man will take me all kinds of places when I don't feel good, I'll eat when I don't feel good, I'll drink a bunch of Dr. Pepper. Or whatever your fruity drink is. I won't, right? I won't manage anything in my body well. I won't eat. I'll, I'll eat too much. I won't sleep. I'll sleep too much. I'll be overly involved. I'll be underly involved. Do you see? It's always, whoo, way over here on the peripheral. Nothing's here in the middle. Right? Because our soul's in charge. So it starts out and goes, woo, let's do this. And then in a little bit, it's like, oh, man, my back. Oh, yeah, my back. Oh, yeah, my back. Oh, oh, my back. Something's hurting. Right? So what's my next step? Or how can I get, uh uh-huh, right? Now, the other part of our soul is one of my favorites. It's the firefighter. Now, how does this firefighter work? It says right there. It's another protector. It works to extinguish the pain. So you're already on fire. Do you, can you tell the difference between you're about to be on fire and you're actually on fire? Is anybody that's that's not hard to delineate, right? So these are the things they instead of trying to prevent pain, they have to kick in. Have you had a painful event recently? Your firefighter kicked in there, right? Look what your firefighter does. It overeats or undereats its addictions. It's overspending, self-harming, daydreaming, lashing out. That means that when I have an event happen, my soul is on fire. It's triggered up. Right? It's in the reactionary stage. Here comes Betty the firefighter. coming to the rescue, slides down from her big truck, got her hose. And she says, let's eat a whole gallon of ice cream. That'll make us feel better. Right? Right. Let's buy a bunch of stuff we don't need. That'll make us feel better. Right? Let's go smoke something, drink something, do something. That'll make us feel better. What's it doing? It's trying to put out how triggered I am. It ignores why I'm triggered. So it guarantees I didn't figure out anything different. So when it comes around next time, I'll choose these same activities. Now, see, if I get on that, mm, and I'm doing that, and I'm doing that, and I'm doing that, I'm doing, that I'm doing, I'm doing. I'm not even thinking anymore, that's what happens to addicts. They are not thinking anymore. They just, uh, if you want to know anything about an addict, talk to Lynn. It took a long time for her to realize what was really happening. But once she realized it, the temptation is completely gone. Because she's doing something else with her soul. It was just her soul the whole time. You see, when we learn these things about ourselves and other people, we can live out it. We don't have to be in judgment anymore. We totally understand. We can be like, oh my gosh, you have zero boundaries with your soul. Your soul is trying to run the whole kit and caboodle, and it is not very smart. You know, whenever Lynn and I start helping people get out of debt, how many people have gotten out of debt since they've been here? Look at that. The first thing we have to remind them is that you ate it. You drank it. (laughs) It's gone. Poof. Everybody we've ever met that's in debt has nothing to show for it. Zero, because we ate it and drank it. We went to Starbucks when we had no bucks. Because we needed a beverage. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Instantaneously on my app. Quick. I can just, just reload that dude because I can't see it. Yeah. And so it's really hard when your soul has been used to that. Like, it'll be like standing in line and on cue getting you a big gulp, five gallons of pop. And you don't even know what you're doing. Because it just becomes a habit. And on and on and on and all the other stuff we do, that begins to deteriorate not only our own life but our relationships because we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to be like the little boy today. We have to have a little lie in there, right? We're not accountable. We have to get a little. Oh well, I was just really thirsty, or oh, I was just really this, or oh, I was just really that, right? And so that whole time, I'm building momentum. With something that has no leadership capability. Right. Right. Wow. Right. My soul has no leadership. Ca- it is wishy washy. It is filly willy. It makes no sense. It has no ability to be disciplined, none of that. My spirit man dictates all that. My spirit led life says, hey, it's worth not making that choice. Because yeah. you're going to have something else at another time. You know, whenever you start to get out of debt and you're seeing everybody else go woo woo, they got their party hat woo woo, and you're like, nah, I gotta, I gotta eat socks tonight. I can't, I can't, I can't even afford a hamburger or nothing. Everybody else is having a party over there. Remember, you ate it and drank it, eight thousand dollars worth. You don't even know where it's at. You can't see it anywhere. You know, if you're in debt, please don't DoorDash. I'm sorry. I just had to throw that in there. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like the worst way you can spend your money. Walk. Walk to Wendy's. Whatever. Do something different. Right? Begin to cause yourself to see that you're completely out of control. You're completely running on your own. All of those things right there. Over, 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 over. Now, meanwhile, while all that's going on, you've got this precious little entity in your soul that is the shining beacon of goodness that God made in you. And it's called an exile, right? And these other two, though, jump in when we're triggered. And you don't even know. Look at her over there. She's all lonely over in the corner. Remember when we learned about this? It says it's the vulnerable part of your soul that you try to push away. Exiles are often stuck in the past where they hold on to painful memories. Why are they back there? Because these other two have championed the cause of triggering, twigwing. Right? And so we're going to learn more and more about these. Right there, you can see the shame, the fear, insecurity, hurt, loneliness, sadness, all lives there in that exile state. Once we learn a little bit more about this, you'll, re- you'll realize that your, your exile part is actually an amazing part of your soul that needs to be championed and breathed on. And I think that as we learn this month about just the way that our souls interact and we'll begin to see places that we can adjust. And I really do. I really challenge you that if you know your soul is out of control, I'm not going to make you raise your hand tonight. But I would, I would begin to fast and say, Lord, I really want to help my soul come under the management of my spirit. Listen, you can't kill your soul off. You can't kill your soul off. Your soul is made to be renewed. Remember, it's the place of decision. Think about if your decisions were renewed. You would make those choices out of joy, out of excitement, out of, out of a, a, an example of promises going to happen, as opposed to, well, I've got to create this persona about myself so everybody will like me, or I've got to create this thing where I give everybody all this choice and everything. I don't want to be a dictator. All those things work against Spirit led life. Yes. I want to leave you tonight with one little thing. In your spirit led life, let's just look at that real quick. Number seven, see, uh, see well. Um In the spirit led, your core self. Look at that. You're calm. This is um, some wonderful Cs. You're calm, confident, curious, centered, creative, playful, adventurous, stable. It's the natural essence. It's sheltered from my damaged parts. It's spontaneous and emerges when centered and truly safe. At the core of everybody, your soul longs to feel safe. And listen, if you would begin to ask the Holy Spirit, what would make me feel safe? What would make my soul feel safe? It's different for all of us. It's different for all of us. And the beautiful part is when you discover that, you can discover people. There's tons of people even in this room, but you can discover people that would actually want to champion that part of you, you know. And also think about it. If you feel safe, your soul's not acting out in ways that actually ruin relationship. When our soul's out of control, it's not thinking about anybody else. Right, this thing is—it's so busy. Remember, I was showing you that it's just so tired because it's so busy doing all these other activities. It doesn't even need to do. And when I'm led by my spirit, my soul doesn't do that anymore. Anyway, do you receive it tonight? Do you? Okay, I'm gonna pray over us, and uh, we'll be sending out way more information. If you want any handouts that I have, I have a whole handout just on this particular topic, then I'll be happy to send you one electronically. Um, Tell Lynn. (laughs) Don't tell me, tell her. Um, Anyway, so Papa, we just, right now, we just set our little souls right before you. And we say that your job is over. You're not in charge anymore. And so we say to our spirit man, spirit man, take the lead. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, that you will show us places we need to fast, places that we um, can have more understanding, because we want to be a people that are prepared to be an answer to the hurts and pains of this generation. So I just release us tonight to learn more and more about this in the month of August. And I pray this would be a prosperous month so that as we move into Our mentoring time in September that we'll be all prepared to receive from our mentors. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.